Hey, hey, Fresh from the Hill listeners. This week, we're continuing our celebration of International Podcast Day by rebroadcasting a Thrive Loud episode. As you'll remember, Thrive Loud is hosted by friend of the pod and Fresh from the Hill host, Lou Diamond, class of 1992. Listen in as Lou chats with Donna Corrin, class of 1986 and founder and CEO at Change. If you haven't yet, check out Thrive Loud wherever you listen to podcasts and learn more at thriveloud.com. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Thrive Loud with Lou Diamond, connecting you to the most inspiring and amazing people that are thriving each and every day. I'm your host, Lou Diamond. Today on Thrive Loud, we have the founder and CEO of Change, a woman-owned payment processing company. She works with business owners and C-suite executives to ensure that they retain more of every dollar they earn. A large part of her motivation for launching Change is to attract more women professionals to this field of payments. She has a very popular TEDx talk, a digital platform for empty nesters on a quest for the next new thing. And she's going to change, pun intended, the way we think about entrepreneurship here on Thrive Loud. Thrive Loud listeners, Donna Corin. Donna, how are you today? I'm great, Lou. How are you? I'm spectacular. I had the pleasure to hear you speak and present and talk about a lot of the things you do, but just uh, was so enamored and said, man, our listeners really got to hear more about this super rock star right now. So what I want to do is kind of not rewind the clock all the way to the womb here. I want to go back just a little while ago when you started to realize that literally we needed to make a change for yourself, your career, the things you were doing. Because I think that story that you shared the first time I heard it, our listeners would love to hear. Great. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And um, yes, we don't have to go way, way back. We can kind of just dial it back to three years ago when I became an empty nester. And by that, I mean that my youngest child, I have two daughters, and our youngest child took off for college. And I started to reflect on this next life stage and what it was going to mean. And it really created a moment in time where I did a lot of reflecting and thought about all the possibilities that were ahead of me. And it became something very exciting. So let's, let's actually like peel that away a little bit. First of all, let's talk about the name you came up with for the blog that you've created, because I think it is quite ingenious. Well, I can't take credit for that because it was actually my children who came up with the name. Because when you think about empty nesting, the whole connotation behind empty nesting is somebody who is bereft and vacant and empty just by virtue of the word empty. You know, it, it sounds like a terribly sad time. And I didn't see it that way, as exciting a moment in time as it was for my children who were leaving the nest. I thought this is an incredible time for me and my husband, my peers, uh, to create this next chapter. And so my children, I thought, oh, maybe I'm an empty zester. And my children shot that down and they said, no, what you are is an empty quester. You're on a quest. And that was how Empty Quester, uh, the name of Empty Quester was born. Donna, to let you know, I've dropped it at least two times in the last week or so after I heard it and somebody using the word empty nest and I corrected them. It's nope, according to Donna Corrin, it's empty quest. So I've totally sold on it and I think everyone should be following it. We got to trademark it and find some revenue source for you. Um, you. So along these lines, this is interesting. Thrive Loud has had numerous leaders of new companies, older technology companies, a whole bunch of folks within the fintech and within the payment space. In fact, last year, last May, we had an entire week. We called it FinTech Week, and about half of the people in there were in the payments world, and none of them were women. 
And I am so excited because I want to hear from you the impetus that sparked change. And you should share a little bit about what the company does and the problem it solves, because I think our listeners would love to hear that. So payments. So the payments industry has always traditionally been a very male-dominated industry. There are really actually very few women and even fewer women uh, CEOs in the payment space. And what payments is, in a nutshell, is you, anybody, any company that runs a payment um, that processes a payment by accepting a credit card or an ACH payment will give up a percentage of that sale to processing fees. And oftentimes that can be as high as 3%, 4% or higher. So when you think of a business, you you really are uh, giving up uh, more than 3% of your bottom line to processing payments. And while it's a manageable expense, most companies are very, are really overpaying um, or paying hidden fees. And so at change or the role of a payment processor, uh, what we do is we lower those fees and we uncover savings that can, over time, really add up and be used for much more important initiatives in one's business. Um, and that's what I do. I'm a payment uh, processing expert, and I like to call myself the fairy godmother of found money, <laughs> because that's what we do. We audit businesses, we see where they're overpaying, and we return the money to them. Listeners need to know this. Moments before we hit record, I received in a payment while I was on the call with Donna. This is fact. She obviously has some very strong gifts and, and, and a very powerful wand, I'm guessing, Donna. Okay, so let, let's talk about, and I get it, by the way, because you're, you're right, from up to 3% to, I mean, just, just the unbelievable amounts of fees when you think about transaction-wise, especially in lower margin businesses, how painful it is to, to give up those costs. Uh, I want to get the spin, I guess, a little bit because you're right, there are not enough women in the fintech and the payments industry. Either one um, is certainly on the lower end. Um, let's talk about, you've been finding them though, because you've been attracting some people to your organization. Tell us a little bit about, I guess, your, your, your avenue and how you're tapping into this community of brilliant people that are really helping other people change the way they think about payments. FinTech and particularly payments have seen incredible growth, even in just like the last five years, and yet only 30% of the FinTech workforce are women, and there are nearly none of us in leadership positions. So there's been this explosion of women-owned businesses, and I have found that women really like to do business with other women, especially when it involves their money. It's funny, I I actually agree with that, And, and part of the other thing that I wanted to dive into here is... How do you think you can make that more effective at change? And I say this because I totally get where you're targeting toward this. So how are you going to draw in? This is a need. And I totally agree. This is a growth area. How are you planning on doing this at change? Everything I've worked on over the past three years, whether it was Empty Quester or my TED about the vibrancy of the 50 plus demographic has really been to encourage my peers to, I guess you would call it thrive loud. And part of my motivation in launching change was to attract other serious professionals to the industry because I did it. I know it can be super rewarding and mission-driven, and I'm very excited to empower others. What do you deem would be a success 
over the next few years for you as it relates to women's positions in fintech and, and payments uh, specifically? What do you think would be a success from where we are now? I think that in any industry, and we've seen it happen in so many other industries, having multiple perspectives is what makes for good business. And so what I would like to see 10 years from now is to see the figures that are in the industry now of 30% rise to 50% and to see that 17% of women in leadership positions now in fintech, that that number rises to uh, far greater, maybe 50% there, and that, that the industry shifts to embrace the talents that women can uniquely bring to it. Uh, talk about, I guess, maybe what's one of the more unique challenges industries are facing. Um, from where you sit, obviously, look, at the time we're recording this, kind of mid-June, COVID-19 still in the world, lots of interesting tension as we're starting to try to go back to work, but we're really becoming, obviously, more and more virtual, um, as a lot of the things that we've adopted over the se last several months are probably going to carry forward for a little longer, if not for, for forever in certain industries and areas. Is there a certain space that you think is maybe ripe for opportunity for change to change? I'm going to use that constantly. I just can't get enough of the name, so I'm having fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I would say that it's pretty universal. I think that it's a time that we are ripe for change because business owners are going to need and want to take a closer look at their expenses and figure out ways that they can save money. And payments, it's an interesting thing. There's very little urgency or there's been very little urgency around this expense. You know, there are other um, sexier expenses, more obvious expenses when you reach out to somebody and you say, you know, I can save you potentially tens of thousands of dollars on uh, processing fees, you think that everybody would immediately just fall down uh, with huge excitement and say, yes, let's do this tomorrow. But, you know, it doesn't really go that way. And I think that what's happened um, during this pandemic is that business owners are hungry to look at uh, every expense. And if there can be a material difference, and I'm, I'm able to make a material difference in their bottom line, they're willing to listen. But there are industries that have really uh, sped up during this particular delivery, which is one. And um, I was very blessed to have a book of clients. Many of them were small delivery companies of farm to home produce. As you can imagine, during COVID, those businesses went from, uh, you know, multiplied uh, by six and seven times as they became the essential means of how people got their food. And so um, when you think of what's going to become important, cleaning companies, delivery companies, health and wellness, um, so many areas, anything that anybody uh, thinks about between one and three in the morning, you know, um, <laughs> these are all areas where um, there will be an increase in, um, in considering payments. And of course, in the world of contactless, this being so important to the consumer, you know, any solutioning that you can do to help your uh, consumers at retail offer con contactless solutions um, that's becoming very compelling too. Donna, what has been, I, I want to call this the unexpected delight of running this company and one of the unexpected, we'll call it nuisances or, or difficult challenges, if you would, of uh, putting this company together over the past few years um, that you may have to face more often than not. Either way, the, the delights and the, the challenges. The delights have been so multifold that it's kind of been uh, astounding. 
And I think what happens is when you're um, my age and you've been a professional for many, many years, one of the greatest aspects of launching a company, I'm in my 50s, is that you meet your clients in a very different way than maybe I did at earlier times in my career because you come with knowledge and knowledge that's really gained over time as a professional. So um, when I uh, consult with my clients, it's extremely collaborative and it's really high level and it's really interesting. And I spend much more time learning about their businesses and learning about their pain points at, before I ever even think about starting a conversation as to how I can help somebody. So the delight of starting a business now at this age is just my learning has gone through the roof. And that has been incredibly exciting. Okay. So what about the other side, the challenge or nuisance that you have to deal with more often than not? I think the challenge for me is that in becoming a business owner, there's so many competing things to work on, like sleep becomes, you know, um, something left behind to the wind because uh, there's just so many things to work on, whether it's attracting talent to uh, join me at change or the infinitum number of clients that um, would be uh, so worthwhile to pursue or delivering value to my existing clients that has nothing to do with my services, but just being a conduit for them to have meaningful conversations within their industry, which is something that I like to offer. So I think for me, I wouldn't call it a nuisance. I'd call it a great problem to have, but there's just uh, so many um, important tasks at hand. I love asking this question to the guests on the show, Donna, and I'm curious to see where this goes. We all have days when we're not kicking on all cylinders and we're not quite thriving. On those days, what practice do you seek or what individual do you seek out to get yourself back on the thriving track? There are certainly plenty of days, um, especially during the crisis, that I would get up, on, up, get up in the morning and feel very uh, overwhelmed or burdened by the issues that were happening in the world. And very often when that happens, my go-to will actually be my kids who are um, in their 20s. And um, so much of my motivation of what I do is to set an amazing example for the young women that I'm raising. And I find that a, a phone call with either of them, either of my girls, can actually set my day in motion because they are so excited by what I'm working on. And that's a big motivator. I like it. Let's do this, Donna. Let's um, share with the listeners all the places people can learn about you, your websites, uh, change, social media, whatever it is you want to share. We're going to put all of it in the show notes. However, it always gets way more engagement when they hear it directly from you. Thank you. So um, certainly listeners can go uh, visit changepayments.net to learn more about my services and how I can uh, save their businesses money. Um, For those who are looking to uh, knock a ball out of the park and are on a quest for a bold next chapter, they can find my website at emptyquester.com. And it would be really wonderful if they were interested in watching my TED Talk, The Newest Workforce Disruptors Are Over 50, and that's available on YouTube uh, under my name, Donna Corrin. And I have an Instagram handle, Empty Quester, same with Facebook. And uh, 
I like it. I think, I think you covered the, the gamut here. This is awesome. And by the way, everyone should check out this TED Talk. We're going to put a link directly to it in the show notes, Donna, because it's awesome. And it's a really great message, I think, for everybody. So we'll, uh, we'll make sure they get a chance to direct and find it that way. Sound like a, sound like a good idea? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Sounds great. Okay. Permission, Donna, to head down Fun Street here on Thrive Loud with me. We're ready to go for a little journey. Not that we haven't been having fun from the very beginning, but I just figured we'd make it even more fun as we wrap things up here. Let's do it. Let's okay. go Fun Street. Okay. Start off with the, the signature question here. What's your all-time favorite movie? I'm embarrassed to say it, but I'm going to say it. So I uh, love, I'm a big fan of The Notebook because I am a hopeless romantic and I believe that love always prevails. You know, there's been many fans here on, many guests, excuse me, on the show that have selected this as one of their favorite movies. So not, nothing to be embarrassed about this. This is a classic. This is a really good movie. Um, and do you like the more modern day part of the story or the older flashback part of the story? <laughs> I don't know. I think I like the whole story. I was very blessed. I had parents who were married for 62 years. Oh, wow. And, um, uh, yeah. So I think I, I like the whole story. Okay, so here's what we're going to do now. I'm going to ask you a bunch of quick questions. We're going to call this the speed round or the fun speed round on Thrive Aloud. And you're going to provide whatever the first thought that comes to your mind. It might not be the ultimate time that it gives you the chance to think about it, but we want the first thing to come to your mind and, and as real as it can be. And I've added a bonus question in for you specifically because we're, we learned something about you as we did some research. So with that, Donna, are you ready for the speed round? I am ready. I know. It's so exciting. All the <laughs> listeners are sitting on their edge right now, hopefully not falling over. And hopefully while you're driving, keep your eye on the road. Okay. Uh, a song you love to hear more often than not. I'm Every Woman by Chaka Khan. Your favorite non-dessert food? Not sure. <laughs> What's your favorite dessert? <laughs> yeah, that's easy. Chocolate, chocolate, more chocolate. Activity you wish you did more of? Yoga. An activity you wish you did less of. Worry. If you could snap your fingers and go anywhere, snap, where are you right now? Israel. If you can pick one favorite thing from your alma mater, Cornell University, that you favorite memory or favorite place or something, what would it be? The friends that I made there. Oh, oh that's like the, the ultimate sigh answer. That's so sweet. That's really <laughs> All right. Well, Donna, see, we learned a lot about you. We had a lot of fun. We connected a lot of things. I want to wrap on one thing here. In this empty quester stage of your life right now, do you, do you feel that it's more of a new beginning or it's just as every day you're getting better and better? I feel that the empty quester stage is a new beginning. I think, you know, based on the age of the typical empty quester, you know, it's a continuum, obviously, of everything that's happened before. But I think the whole point of being an empty quester is to give yourself the time to step back, to reflect, to really give yourself permission to consider what's going to make you thrive inside, what's going to bring you joy, and how you want to spend the years ahead. And so in all those respects, I would say that it's, um, it's a new beginning. CEO of Change, the ultimate greatest head talk you've seen in a long time. Everyone must go check out Donna Corin. Thank you so much for coming on Thrive Loud today. This was a ton of fun having you on. Thank you, Lou. It was a pleasure to be here. And to all our Thrive Loud listeners out there, keep thriving onward and upward. And remember, be brief, be bright, be gone. Thanks for listening to this special crossover episode with Thrive Loud. 
Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and stay tuned to Fresh from the Hill for a new series beginning October 28th. And don't forget, music from Fresh from the Hill was written and recorded by Kia Albertson Rogers, class of 2013. And also find out more about young alumni programs at our website, alumni.cornell.edu slash young alumni.